Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Yelich! He has tied the game with a booming home run. He got it all. Tied up 4-4 on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to right center and deep. Get up! What's going on, Ball and Glove loving Brewer fans? Welcome to the Brewers Trilogy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. You can find me on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. You can find my writing by following reviewing the Brewer and Wisconsin Sports Heroics on Twitter. Joining me today is my cheesehead loving buddy, Trevor. He is a host of the Packers Trilogy Podcast. He can be found on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. So, we got a very fun recap today. Obviously, a sweep of the Rockies. Always fun when we are winning ball games. Uh, but before we get into all the Brewers action, how are you doing on this Sunday? Well, Tyler, as you know, I've had a long weekend. But now that my long weekend is over, I had a lot of homework, including seven to eight page paper to write that actually ended up being like eight to nine. So I overachiever, I know. Um, <laughs> but after all the homework has been done and... You know, now the Brewers get a sweep. Now I can relax for the last few hours of my Sunday. I'm doing pretty good. I got I got the bad stuff behind me. And then, of course, you know, in, in 12 hours, I'll be heading to work or close to that. So that, that part of it's not great. But I'm enjoying the few hours I have uh, before I have to go back to work. Yeah, but it's the last full week before the 4th of July weekend, which is really crazy to think about. And then for me, the week after the 4th of July, obviously don't work on Monday, so I got a four-day work week, and then I go to Florida after that, so I got a lot of fun vacation stuff coming up. Florida in July? That sounds horrible. (laughs) You know, it was not my choice, um, but it is also not coming out of my wallet, so I'm not going to complain. (laughs) That's that's a deal. I guess take those when you can get it. Yep, probably the last one I'll ever get. So, <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's get into this weekend's action against the Rockies. Here, game one was a five to four victory in eleven innings. It was a reopening day win for us, in which the opening day magic continued for the Brewers in this dramatic come from behind victory on Corbin Burns Day. John Gray of the Rockies stole the show early on as he struck out ten batters in five innings pitched. All those strikeouts came in the first 15 Brewer batters. Despite this, Burns was quietly working on a no-hitter that he took into the sixth inning. Unfortunately, he gave up two infield singles and then one legit single in the sixth inning. That made it 1-0 Rockies. After Burns, Richards, who had been putting together a nice stretch of games, got rocked for three earned runs in the seventh and didn't even get to finish that inning. It was really, really deflating, but then thankfully we had counters for it. So Hira launched a solo homer in the seventh inning to give us a little bit of life. Colton Wong then homered in the eighth to make it four to two. So you're thinking, okay, maybe we can do this. Maybe we can work some magic. And then in the ninth inning, who better than Willie Adamas to come through for us? 
So after a leadoff walk, Willie Adamas blasted a low and inside sinker into the left field bullpen to tie the game at four. In extra innings, Josh Hader and Devin Williams were incredible, which set up a bottom of the 11th walk-off win. Of course, Manny Pena ends up becoming our runner on second base in the 11th inning. Not ideal, but Willie Adamas then singled, and Pena wasn't able to score in that, so get runners on the corners. Jackie Bradley Jr. up to bat. He draws a four-pitch walk, brings up Keston Hira. He hits a rather shallow fly ball in the left field, but Tapia did not get enough power actually on the throw, and Manny Pena ends up belly flopping home for a walk-off victory. Game two was a 10-4 victory in what was a very fun back-and-forth game until the eighth inning when the Brewers put up six runs. So in this game, we saw by inning, we saw four lead changes and two ties. Hauser and Senzatella tend to generate a lot of ground balls, and that was definitely the case in this game, as there was a lot of action every inning. A few crucial points being one in the fifth inning. After gunning out Daza, attempting to steal second, the Rockies then rallied with two outs. So Blackman hit a single, advanced a second on a wild pitch, and then in the sixth pitch of the at-bat, Trevor Story hit a curveball out for a two-run homer, and that gave the Rockies a 4-3 to lead. From there, the Brewers did not counter until the seventh inning. Obviously, Garcia hit a solo homer. In the eighth inning, Brad Boxberger got himself into a jam thanks to walking two batters, but thankfully he was able to get out of it without allowing a run, which then set up the six-run eighth inning. With the bases loaded, the first out of the inning came on a go-ahead sack fly from Omar Narvaez. Luis Urias then singled home two runs. Christian Yelich hit a two-run bomb to make it 9-4. And then to add insult to injury, obviously Garcia doubled. And then Willie Adamas swapped places with him to make it 10-4. And that's where this game eventually stood at. And then game three, going for the sweep. The Brewers get it 5-0, to zero, another shutout victory. And Eric, this game was the Eric Lauer and Kesson Hira show. Eric Lauer ended up going six innings of two-hit ball and allowed zero earned runs. I honestly didn't think he would pitch that deep into the game. For in the second inning, he had to throw 37 pitches. Rockies hitters just worked a ton of full counts, fouled off a lot of ton, a lot of pitches, a lot of tough pitches that inning, and that's when Eric Lauer issued his two two walks in that time frame, but he escaped without allowing a run, and then he found his groove after that. He utilized the high fastball to get a lot of strikeouts, and in fact, Eric, all of Eric Lauer's outs, besides on strikeouts, came in the air. Zero ground balls. And that really gets even stranger when I say that the Brewers didn't record a ground ball out until the ninth inning when Ryan Weber, who was making his MLB debut, generated a grounder for a double play. As for the offense, Kesson Hira hit a solo homer in the third inning, and that was on a fastball high in the zone, which is really noteworthy because that's generally an area where he tends to struggle in the strike zone, and you see a lot of whiffs there. So the fact he's able to barrel that one up and hit it out is very encouraging. He did also have a couple hits to the opposite field in this game. Again, all things trending upwards. In the sixth inning, Omar Narvaez, who is in the middle of an eight-pitch at bat, hit a two-run homer. And then Kesson Hira, again in the sixth inning, doubled home Jace Peterson and Christian Yelich. That's how we get to five runs. Hira ended the day with three RBIs. He now has a three-game hit streak and homered in two out of the three games over this weekend. Other noteworthy things, Luis Urias extended his hit streak to 10 games, and then Colton Wong sat out the finale in this game after leaving Saturday's game 
with some calf tightness or calf cramps. Uh, one of the two, maybe a combination of both. Doesn't sound like he is going to require any time on the IL, but did miss Sunday's game. He is looking to build up for this upcoming Cubs series. Which, speaking of building things, I want to remind you about Built Bar. They are just about anything protein related. You can find it on their website. Their bars are especially great tasting. They have a ton of delicious flavors. They're healthy for you, and I would highly encourage checking them out. And we are giving you the opportunity to get 10% off your order. Use the promo code TRILOGY. Again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code TRILOGY for 10% off your order. All right, well, Trevor, every time that we recap a series, it seems like the offense is pitiful and that the pitching carries things, but things seem to kind of switch around this weekend here. So what were your overall thoughts uh, after we swept the Rockies? Yeah, it did kind of switch around outside of Eric Lauer. Great, great performance from him. Um, As they said 85 times on the broadcast on Sunday, he's really good against the NL West. (laughs) but it was it was just great to see him really succeed even after a struggle of a second inning. Um, gets through it, you know, six innings, no runs, especially after I'm pretty sure he was like 45 to 50 pitches in after he completed that second inning. So um, it was impressive that he was able to go six, uh, very well needed. As Council was saying in the post game, it was nice to be able to. Um, just kind of let that bullpen rest a little bit, knowing that, you know, they got quite a long stretch going into the all-star break. So um, I think that would be, that is very important. Um, As I messaged you today, Tyler, during the game, Keston here is back. He is all the way back. And it's not just because he hit a home run. It's not just because um, he had three RBIs in this game. Uh, we go back. What game was that that he provided the walk-off? In game one? Yes, right? game one. The Friday. sack fly? Yeah. Yep. Which, that sack fly, if they didn't have five infielders, was an RBI double. Granted, probably would have been scored as a single because they only needed the one run. But um, like any other, and they said this on the broadcast too, any other outfield configuration, that is a double and it's going to the wall. But because they had two outfielders, they were positioned in the gaps, and his liner went right at that person. So, you know, that one, I was, I told Tyler, I'm pretty sure I told you, Tyler, I liked that from Keston more than I would have liked a home run in that situation. Because that, to me, just looks like he's barreling everything up and not just trying to swing for the fences all the time. It's taking what is there for him. And then you saw more of that in the game today. You know, he had the home run, which a little bit high to me to be swinging at that, but obviously uh, sends it on a ride. And that was awesome. The double was awesome. Even one of his outs was another bullet that, you know, they went to replay on, um, which was really close, but a nice play, I believe by the right fielder, just, he was impressive. He was hitting the ball hard consistently, and that's something that we didn't see translate from the first time in the minors, then back up uh, this last time. But this time, we're definitely seeing that not only the the hitting itself, but I think we're seeing a little bit more of, you know, I'm not just trying to kill the ball. I have confidence now. I can just 
hit the ball because they don't need to make up everything in one swing of the bat. And that is amazing to me and definitely something I think Keston is back and he is going to be trending back towards that guy that we saw um, previously for the Milwaukee Brewers, which is very, very exciting. Yeah, I agree. I think the approach has been very noticeable and especially in that walk-off scenario that you described so well. I agree. And you mentioned that he's been barreling up the pitches. Well, out of the 12, last 12 baseballs that he's put in play, eight of them have left the bat over 100 miles an hour. (laughs) So, yeah. And I think they showed it on the broadcast. His hard hit percentage was before this call-up was like 38%, and now he's like mid to upper 70s, I think, in hard hit percentage. So, it's not just that he hit a home run or that he got a couple RBIs. It's he's hitting the ball like we've seen him hit the ball before. And that's exciting. I mean, after game one, uh, he had that very important hit, but he only had one hit in the game and he was at 132 average. Now looking after today's game on Sunday, he's looking 149. Yeah, it's still not good, but that jumping up almost 20% or 20 points is is big. And he continues to hit like this. Before we know it, it's going to be above 200. And hopefully people will forget about what happened in the beginning of the year because he's just going to make um, a Christian Yelich-esque run here for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, I think like the when a batter sees their batting average like up on the big screen i think that means a lot to them and i think that's part of the reason like why they went to replay in sunday spinel and were up 5 to 0 like we didn't really need that Keston Hira hit no. but for him that's a big boost of confidence yeah and 2 of 4 with a double and a home run is nothing to scoff at but 3 of 4 with a single double and a home run and that single was smoked as well like the confidence I think is there. And if you watch this post game press conference, I think you can see that confidence coming back, but yeah, it would have been nice to see that three for four. Cause he deserved that hit. Most definitely. And then you take a look at his stat line throughout the weekend, four of 11, the two homers double, like we talked about five ribbies did have five strikeouts. Uh, but looking at like other hitters who did well this weekend, you got Willie Adamas. We already mentioned the clutch hit. He finishes 4-10, four walks, a homer, a double, three RBIs. So he was on base eight different times this weekend. And his ability to come up clutch has just been absolutely crazy. He's doing it a lot against the Rockies. I think he had a he had a game time or go-ahead homer against the Rockies last weekend. He had a three-run go-ahead homer in the seventh inning against the Padres when he first acquired him. He's coming up big in in clutch situations, and he's just been a big catalyst to this offense, and this weekend was no difference. Yeah, I mean, on base, eight of 14 times, like you mentioned, Tyler, that's above 50% of the time he was on base. That is incredible. You know, that obviously the big timely hitting, we talked about that. Three RBIs, you know, between Adamas and Keston, it was a big time series for both of those players. And that really is exciting to me. Um, And I'm going to have a hard time figuring out who I'm giving the MVP to between those two because they really seem to carry everything. I think Colton Wong had a good series. 
five of nine, a double home run RBI. Uh, Avi, I think, was fine. Three of ten with a home run and a double. But I really do think Adamas and Keston really stand out. And then, not that it was a great play, but just Keston sticking with it in the last out of this season or series finale was nice to see, you know, knock it down, get to the ball and make the throw. Uh, That is not something we've seen a lot of previously. And even though, yeah, he probably should have just gloved it to begin with, he still made the play, uh, which was nice to see from him. And then Willie Adamas is still very good defensively. And then he's (laughs) obviously adding in uh, what he's doing at the plate. and, And he's been, a huge catalyst for this team since they acquired him. Yeah, and I th- he didn't panic on that last play mm-hmm. of the game. I think that was the big thing. It didn't look mm-hmm. rushed at all. He he was in control. You could tell, like, hey, I, I know I'm going to get him by a couple steps. Just just do what you do in practice, and he executed that perfectly. We're talking about here returning. My dad texted me on Saturday and said, Yelich is back. And so now I'm like, now we have, we're all sitting here questioning, are Yelich and Hira back? I mean, Yelich wasn't as impressive from a stat line perspective, two of 12, two walks, a homer, and three RBIs. Did have a lot of hard hit balls. Didn't look the greatest on Sunday in the finale. Had a couple strikeouts. Uh, but he, you're definitely seeing him start to turn the corner as well, which is a scary thing for other teams out there. Yeah, and I missed the Saturday game, so I can't really speak to exactly what he looked like in that game. I did notice in Sunday he didn't look very good, um, but I think the same thing we're talking about Keston is if he's hitting the ball hard a lot, like Keston did this series, um, and what sounds like Christian Yelich did in the second game and things, like that is more of a teller to me than two of 12 because if he was hitting the ball hard and just hitting to some bad luck in that second game that's fine you'll you'll take that um but you know we'll we'll kind of have to wait and see on both of these guys Keston and Christian to see if this continues because one series isn't enough to say they're back even though I've said it like eight times now um we need to see them consistently do it over the course of the season, really, but let's see it till the All-Star break. Let's see both of these guys hit 300-plus with pop in their bat. Um, you know, I would say try to limit strikeouts, but I'll just say that for Yelich because we know who Keston here is. He's going to hit hard, and he's going to strike out a lot, and I, I'm i fine with that. Um, we just need Christian Yelich to be, you know, let's see MVP Yelich and you know, peak Hira till the all-star break. And then we can truly say both of them are back and get real, real excited about this Milwaukee Brewers team. Um, that is already atop the NL central and they haven't had two of their most important offensive weapons up to snuff this entire season. Yeah. And having a Kesson Hira stay up to snuff to the all-star break would be huge, especially looking towards, the trade deadline, because then you maybe don't have to shift as much attention to getting another first baseman. You can ride out Kesson here and, and feel confident that he's going to be good the rest of the year anyway, if he can put together a nice stretch here. Uh, and then you can focus otherwhere, like third base, outfield maybe, or some other areas. 
Um, but yeah, I guess otherwise, from an offensive standpoint, Colton Wong had five hits this game. Probably would have had, or this series would probably would have had more if he went to left with calf tightness. Probably because he's on base too much. <laughs> I, I don't really know. Uh, obviously, Garcia swung the bat a little bit better. Three of ten, a double, a homer, uh, one RBI. That home run tied the game on Saturday at I think it was at four. So that was a nice clutch hit there. But if we switch over to the pitchers, I don't think I've got to ask your thoughts on Jake Cousins at all. So, yes, we're just going to ignore the fact that he's related to Kirk Cousins. Doesn't matter. But he has just an insane slider. So in his two appearances now, he's got, what, I think like nine strikeouts, I believe. And all of them have come on the slider. This series, all four strikeouts came on the slider. And he's generating a ton of whiffs. I figured you'd appreciate this stat. In Corbin Burns' start, throughout the six innings that he pitched, Corbin Burns generated like 12 whiffs. Jake Cousins, in two innings, generated 10. (laughs) That's how untouchable he is. Yeah, I mean, that's real exciting. (laughs) Um, You know, to have someone with that kind of stuff, to have that much that many whiffs is incredible. I mean, obviously we got to see him do this over an extended period of time. Four innings pitched is not um, an adequate sample size, but you know, it's he, his stuff is just nasty. 20.3 strikeouts per nine right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, what else do I have to say? Whip 0.25 field independent pitching 0.15. Again, the caveat of four innings pitched, and that's a huge caveat. But, I mean, it's exciting to have another guy back there that you can just like, okay, we have another pitcher that is just good luck even making contact with this guy. There is, when Devin Williams is on, he's that guy. When uh, Josh Hader's on, he's that guy. When Cousins is on, he's that guy. And then you got starters that have that kind of stuff too, when Woody Burns and now I think we can put him in the conversation, Freddie Peralta are on, they're tough to hit all three of those guys. And then all the guys I mentioned from the bullpen as well. It's, it is a huge boon for this team, especially as we mentioned with the offense, if we get those offensive players back to what we would expect from them, specifically Yelich and Hira. And then you get this surprise Jake Cousins that is just, dealing and you know you get all your starters pitching well Lauer is a part of that now you know if he can continue to pitch well and not just against the NL West um, and give you five six innings and get zero to three earned runs and just keep you in ball games that's going to be huge it's just everything seems to be coming together and it seems to be coming together before we get our big-time offensive weapons truly back in the mix, which is incredible and a huge, huge credit to this starting pitching staff and the bullpen because they have really kept it together for most of the season for this team. And the crazy part is, like, at least in the pitching standpoint, there's still more pieces coming together. Justin Topa initially had an, like, an initial recovery time of midseason haven't heard much on him. He'll obviously probably make some rehab starts, but that could be a great addition to add back into this bullpen. Aaron Ashby is in the bullpen role in AAA. He was touching 98 miles per hour the other day. 
just striking out a ton of batters. I think it's inevitable that he's going to be in the big leagues this year. It's just a matter of when, when they decide to bring him up. Uh, so those are two more exciting pieces to add to the mix. And yeah, it's, we're going to be poised for a nice run here. But let's dial it back. Let's pick our series MVP. And series dud. For the Rockies series. Did you figure out who you're going to do for MVP yet? Yes, I did. And because of the impact it can have, and maybe this isn't fair because this is strictly a series thing, but because the impact it could have if he continues this, it's Keston Hero. Because we we know what Adamus is going to bring us. Series in, series out. Obviously, he's going to have some better series like he did this one. And then, you know, he might not hit as well the next one, but we're very comfortable with him. He's going to strike out quite a bit. He's going to give you some pop. He's going to give you all the defense you need. And that's what he brings. Now, Keston can be a game changer offensively. If what we were saying earlier in this podcast, that all of this hard hit percentage, him barreling up the ball, all truly amounts to getting Keston Hira back, this is by far the biggest thing we could have hoped for from this series outside of seeing Christian Yelich and Keston Hira both do this for three games of just like tearing it up and um, you know you feeling like both of them are 100% back like I said there's a caveat of we have to see them do it for longer but it is huge that Keston Hira was able to do this obviously Adamas was a honorable mention for me, Colton Wong needs to be in this discussion as well. Uh, he had a great series until he had to go out, like Tyler said. And then after that, I, you still have to mention Eric Lauer because I think what he did was important. And if he can play the role that he has well, that's another boon for this team. We don't expect him to go six innings, six strikeouts, and no earned runs every time. But if we can get five to six, three earned runs or less, you know, that's that's a huge win for this team, especially with Hira and Yelich hopefully continuing to improve. Yeah, Lauer was a nice surprise, and you mentioned his dominance against the NL West earlier in four starts. Now he's got a 1-6-4 ERA against the NL West. That's over And what's his innings. season ERA? Uh, well, we don't want to talk about it. <laughs> that makes no sense. Season ERA, 4.5, and then against the NL West, though. Yep. And his last two starts have been against the Rockies here, so I guess two quality starts, hopefully some momentum to build upon there. And you're talking about players doing things over a period of time, and my MVP is Willie Adonis. And they're talking on the broadcast today that is, since coming to Milwaukee, his strikeouts are down and his walks are up. But it's only been like over a little over a month since we acquired Willie Damas on that unfor- unforgettable May 22nd day. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how how he can keep doing over that period of time. Because there's a lot of talk that some people want him up higher in the batting order, like even pressing for number two in the batting order. Um, which if he continues to walk at this rate and make contact, maybe. But I, I don't know how real it is. We'll have to have to see how he continues to do there. Otherwise, I guess if we switch over to Dud, I'll do mine first. I'm going to go with Adrian Hauser for mine. Five innings pitched, five hits, four walks, so nine base runners altogether in this game. Did get tagged with four earned runs. He was an out away from getting 
getting away with just two earned runs, and then Trevor Story hit that two-run homer. That kind of pushed him over the top there, makes it not as impressive of a start, but just so much traffic. I mean, sometimes it's balls are just hit in the wrong spots or it's weak contact all over the place. And I get that's what we're going to see in Adrian Hauser starts, but he's got to control the walks, I think. Four walks is, is too much, and that's something he can control, and he's going to be my dud for this series. So before I go to my dud, and I hope I didn't miss any, but I think I got this correct. You mentioned Willie Adamas being here for about a month and, you know, the impact he has had since May 22nd, right? You said May 22nd? Yep. The Brewers are 24 and 10. That, I mean, that's amazing. So maybe my thing about Keston Hira being being back is more important than Willie Adamas? Eh, maybe not, <laughs> because Keston Hira has only been a part of what? two or three wins in that time, and Willie Adamas has been a huge part. But that's incredible. The Brewers really have been great. I think his defense, his energy, just everything about him is huge. Um, and he is definitely bringing an added part to this Brewers team, as you can tell, again, by 24-10 and 10 since they acquired him. Um, and that has obviously allowed them to take a hold of the NL Central lead, um, right now, they are, oh, I had it up before. Two and a half up on the Cubs. The Two Cubs got to play tonight, yeah. Two and a half as of, we're, as of recording. So hopefully that's up to three. And then the Brewers sweep the Cubs and it's up to six. And that would just be awesome. <laughs> um, but for my dud, just because it was um, a little bit disappointing and not that I expect a lot from him. Uh, but Trevor Richards, three earned runs in less than two innings. That's that's gotta earn you some some negative cred. We need better than that. Um, now, as we talked about with the back end of this bullpen, Cousins has been good. We've seen good things from Boxberger all year. I think uh, Hunter Strickland is coming on recently, so Trevor Richards isn't vitally important. But it would be nice to see him pitch a little bit better than three earned runs in less than two innings pitched. That's a little frustrating. Yeah, the Houdini ran into some trouble there on on reopening day. He got, I think he he had one home run allowed for sure. I can't remember if it was a second one. But he had been good before that, and he he had a good bounce back outing today in the finale. So it was good to see him at least, you know, kind of restart a scoreless streak here, uh, get some momentum going back in that regard. But yeah, I agree. Definitely some negative cred, as you called it there, with his outing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's switch over. You kind of hinted at it. We have the Cubs coming up next. This is obviously a big series. It's the te- two teams on top of the NL Central, and it'll be Hendricks and Peralta on Monday, Davies Woodruff on Tuesday, Arietta versus Burns on Wednesday. Obviously, for the Brewers, those are the three starting pitchers that you want going. That's like a playoff rotation going there. Uh, so what are you looking for in this Cubs series? Well, I'm looking for the Brewers to shell Zach Davies. Uh, <laughs> Zach Davies just took part in their no-hitter last week, actually. Yeah, I know. I saw that. That's part of the reason why I'm expecting them to shell him. Um, but to me... The name that I and I don't even know how he's pitching this year, but the name that always scares me is Hendricks because I feel like he always just pitches gems when he pitches the Brewers. So I'm watching that game. Can Freddie Peralta outduel Hendricks? That is what I'm looking for. 
um, because I think we have the advantage in the last two games and I want to see them, you know, sweep the Cubs. That would be amazing. So can Freddie Peralta outduel Hendricks? And I think a big part of that is the offense needs to show up against him because, like I said, it just seems like they never do against that guy. Yeah, that is for sure. And Hendricks started the year off just absolutely dreadful. I want to say he gave up like somewhere between six and eight earned runs on opening day, and he was slowly trying to recover. But over his last eight starts now, they've all been quality ones. He's got a 2.25 ERA, .98 whip, over 52 innings in that stretch. So he's definitely finding his groove. So Hendricks versus Peralta will be a different contrast in styles, but a very fun game to watch. And for me, I'm going to expect close games here, and I want to see the Brewers face Craig Kimbrell this year. He typically, historically, whenever he's in the game, it's like, oh, automatic blown save. Brewers are winning. But he is on a different level this year. He's at 20 saves. His ERA is .59. His last 11 appearances have been scoreless. Uh, he His knuckle curve is just pretty much unhittable this year. So if we get into a situation where we have to see him, it's going to be interesting. And this is at home, right, Tyler? Yes. So that part of it is is nice to have that at home. Um, and you mentioning his stats makes me want to shell, see him and just shell him because Josh Hader needs some, some help with those numbers. So it would be nice if his offense helps him uh, so we can get four in a row with that uh, NL reliever of the year. Because as you mentioned, Kimbrell is 100% in that conversation with Hader who has a .57 ERA himself, uh, .695 for WHIP, so they're right around the same area in terms of ERA and WHIP. They are both insanely effective this year. So let's go see Keston Hira hit a three-run home run off Keg Krimble, walk off, and that just ruins Kimbrel for the rest of the season, and it's <laughs> Hater's award to lose. <laughs> yeah, let's break Craig Kimbrel. That's what we're yes. looking for. This yes. <laughs> Was that a, when Kesson Hira hit that walk-off homer into right field in 2019, was oh. that off Kimbrel? Do you remember? Oh, oh, I love that home run, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do not remember. Definitely it not. is off of Kimbrel. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so it's inevitable Kesson Hira is going to break Kimbrel this series. <laughs> yes, yes. He's going, he's going to hit a two-run walk-off home run. Obviously, bottom of the ninth, and it'll be three to three, runner on first. One and two count, he did that, bottom of the tenth, which that wouldn't be possible. Bottom of the tenth with a runner on first, that's not possible anymore. But Send the uh, runner back. Send him back. <laughs> <laughs> Need deja vu. <laughs> but, but that home run is one of my favorite, like, in the last three years, memories of the Brewers. Watching Keston round first. Um, and just like scream, that was that was a great great moment. Yep. Now I really hope we see it again. Gosh, that was that was fun. He was a Cub killer that year. He definitely he was. was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I guess last thing before we get out of here. So phase one of All Star voting is now done. So that is all fan votes and the top three at all positions advance on to phase two and the Brewers have a whopping nobody advancing from the position group. Uh, pitchers are voted differently. That's voted by players and the MLB chooses them. So they're not in this, but 
definitely some snubs from the Brewers, whether it be Wong, uh, Narvaez, or Garcia. What were your thoughts when you heard nobody was advancing? I mean, it's a little frustrating. I think Colton Wong deserves it the most in my eyes. I, I know um, he did have some injury troubles this year a little bit, but to me that shouldn't have affected him getting on this because he's been he's been incredible this year, and it would have been really nice to see him on on this finalist list because again he deserves it. 294 batting average, 350 on base. He's just been a huge, huge part of this team, and and I definitely thought he deserved to be on this all-star finalist list. Me too, because Gavin Lux, who beat out Wong, has less hits and more at-bats, and Colton Wong has like a over 150-plus higher OPS. <laughs> like, this is a popularity contest, What how Gavin Lux gets in. It's stupid. That's, that's why I don't really say too often that they're snubs because fans are stupid. Fans vote for their team, which all teams, all fans are doing this, right? There's plenty of Brewer fans that I see pick all nine positions in the NL. No one, like the Brewers don't deserve to have all nine position players there, like not even close. To me, the fan vote, I just like say whatever. The true snub would be um, if... The pitchers that we expect to be in the All-Star game are not there. Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Josh Hader need to be there. If they're not there, snubs, because that's not the fans. The fans are just stupid, and it's L.A., so they obviously get more votes than little old Milwaukee. So that's why fucking Gavin Lux beat out Colton Wong. Yeah, I think Freddie Peralta maybe could get in. I think yeah, he's I was the longest shot. I wouldn't consider him a snub though if he didn't right yeah yeah i agree i agree with that statement um, but it would I be do... awesome i think i think he deserves to get at least some consideration um and it wouldn't surprise me if he's there but yeah he he's definitely not a snub if he doesn't yep are you going to consider omar avias a snub i mean among national league catchers he's fifth in hits second in on base percentage second in ops doesn't yep. even make the top three yeah i <laughs> I definitely think he deserves some some credit for this too. And not only at the plate, he's gotten consistently better as a defensive catcher uh, since he's been with the Brewers too. And we talked about it, I think, this offseason of the importance of getting something out of Omar Narvaez that was better than his, what, like 162 last year batting average. He's been real good this year. Right now, 301 batting average, just under 400 on base percentage. It's incredible what he's doing. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we continue to see him play well. Um, and yes, Wong and Narvaez were snubs, but let's just go win the World Series and who the fuck cares about the All-Star game. <laughs> That's true. Although I am really looking forward to the home run derby in Colorado this year. That's going to be fun. I want to see Otani just destroy, hit a baseball back to Los Angeles. <laughs> he could probably do it. <laughs> Does Coors Field even face that way? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> he's, just, he's just going around the globe. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So that'll be fun. That's what, three weeks away already now here is the All-Star break. So time is rapidly approaching here, and the season's moving right along. So 
We're still chugging along here with you. We'll be back next time to recap the Cubs series. We'll have that podcast coming out on Thursday, which is July 1st already. So pay attention for that. Check us out on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. I'm at Tyler Kurth. Trevor's at Bunder underscore Trevor. We would love to interact with you guys and, and hit us up. So make sure you do that. And we'll talk to you next time, Brewer fans. Trust in Stearns.